story might Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Aussie Craft Distillers Shooting the Shit. And tonight, as you can see, we don't have Luke or Crafty, so this should be a good one. Um, but we do have the pleasure of having Alex and Brad stepping into their stead. Um, welcome, guys, and thank you for joining me tonight. And we have the pleasure of interviewing Mark and Camille from Winding Road Distillery. So, hi, guys. And um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, let's just start the night. It's, it's pretty obligatory. We usually just do around the room. What is everyone drinking? The main plan is it doesn't really matter what you're drinking, but we do try to use someone else's spirit apart from our own. So, sure. Alex, knock yourself out. Cup of <laughs> Have a good old cup of hot chocolate which is very off-brand for me and um, i try not to drink too much during the weeks because that's what i spend my whole weekend doing um yeah. but no i am i'm just on a hot chocolate tonight which is incredibly boring i'm super sorry but i can't wait to hear what you guys are drinking uh, well, well I'll, I'll tell you I'm, I'm drinking a few things here tonight as i always do i've got i've got the winding road um of course from um from our, our, our guests here but i'm also drinking a nepalese um, rum from uh, Cookery, um, which is our rum tribe. It's our rum tribe rum of the month. I won't be, won't be trying to think I'm too special, but that's what it is. Himalayan, uh, it's from the ne Nepal. They get three months of uh, growing season for their um, sugar cane. Three months a year they get, so they get, they smash this molasses out. And talking to the people, it's the most highly regulated and accounted for molasses and um, uh, sugar cane uh, and sugar as it's produced because there's so little of it in the world that the um, the the, um, the government sort of regulations on their sugar is unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. So that's what I'm drinking anyway: cookie rum and uh, Winding Road Pure Single Rum. Cool. I'll just jump in. I, if I can get Enjoy. it to work, drinking um, some point um, Renegade Gin. So some point was the distillery that we interviewed last week. It's quite an interesting gin. Um, that's what I'm starting with, and then I'll probably move across to a little bit of um, Starwood. So which one is this? This is a sticky toffee apple. Some special cast. Very nice. Me? We're enjoying a drop, and I don't have the bottle in front of us here, but yeah. a, a drop of... Uh, Paul Shand from uh, Tria Prima, his beautiful whiskey. And this is his uh, uh, Bruja release, which is a uh, tawny, ex-tawny cask. And, and uh, yeah, Paul makes a gorgeous drop there down in, in the Adelaide Hills. So sure. interestingly, I met a, um, I was at the uh, Lobo uh, in Sydney uh, the other day for, um, we were part of their uh, tenure celebration and um, met a couple of guys there that were Nepalese, and I had no idea they grew sugar cane there until they were telling me about it. And now here you are, Brad. With yeah, well, yeah, it, it, it's astounding. Talking to the, the people from Cookery Rum, um, if they have any sort of an accident in their distilling and stuff, it can set them back 
literally tens of thousands of dollars in taxes and bureaucratic fees and all this. And they've got to account. They've got to account for every basic milliliter of molasses that comes in to their distillery. So they, they, they yeah, wow. it's, it's not just wow. the grog that comes out sort of stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's an amazing sort of, they don't care. I guess the government doesn't give a shit what comes out. Just want you to just make sure that every every piece of, uh, yeah, molasses and sugarcane product is accounted for. But, uh, yeah, there you go. It's, yeah. So who was that you were chatting to, Mark, did you say? Sorry? Who was that you were chatting Nepalese to about? Oh, I've never heard of anyone chatting about Nepalese rum until just, we'd sort of do it and now we hear about all these people talking about the police rum so it's quite interesting who was it yeah yeah so we were we were presenting uh um along with a couple of, of other distillers um uh bricks and uh then uh solander rum and the three of us were doing a uh, panel there and and afterwards just had a chat with these guys about nepalese sugar cane and i had no idea they even grew cane there in nepal uh, Fascinating, yeah. So, Todd, um, or Alex, sorry, I see your hot chocolate and I raise it with a glass of water. Um, that's what I'm drinking tonight because, like <laughs> you, I tend to not drink um, on, on school nights during the week. Um, <laughs> it's generally my plan, too. And then we can't, I don't normally, yeah, but when, I'm, when I'm put up to do this, I, I need a few bracing. <laughs> Isn't it so funny that, um, it's so many people turn around and go, oh, I don't drink during the week or I don't drink school nights. It's almost like it's a shameful thing to do. I know that sometimes um, my partner and I, like midweek, if we want to crack a bottle of wine, we kind of feel like, oh, we're being so bad because we're drinking during the week. But um, really, it shouldn't be such a taboo thing, um, especially if you're doing it well and mo in moderation and drinking good shit. Absolutely. So, Mark... Um... Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your distillery and and uh, what got you involved in this this endeavor? Well, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting story, I suppose. We goes back to 2015, um, actually, probably even further than that. So uh, we moved to the area here in the Northern Rivers in 2009, and I had a, a business back in the U.S. at the time. We're, I'm from Southern California originally. And the um, that I ended up moving out of that um, and was uh, was working on a master's degree at the time and trying to look at what my next uh, next moves would be. And up here in the northern rivers, uh, particularly at that time, there there just weren't a lot of um, jobs available for what I would would have been looking for it's a regional area yeah it's a, it's a absolutely and, and so we so were just sort to of confirm faced you're, the, uh, you're just past Byron is it we're just, just south, south of Byron Alex oh, we're between okay. so we're in Tinton Bar it's a little village um located between Ballina and Byron just okay um on the up just up from Lennox Head the beach an incredibly well camouflaged entry distillery nice. too. You, you couldn't plan the camouflage better Make it easier to miss as you're driving past that beautiful road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so we we sort of set a timeline uh, of me either figuring out what I uh, was able to do in the area, or we were going to move to the. Uh, yeah, we were going to move to the um, to the city. And so. Uh, we, we were driving past all this beautiful sugar cane every day and, 
I've always loved good rum and whiskey. And I just thought, well, why not look at starting a rum distillery? And that was really where the idea started. And from there, I, you know, again, loving both rum and whiskey, I thought, well, if I'm going to start a rum distillery, might as well do whiskey as well. And uh, it, it took a couple of years of sort of researching and uh, reading everything I could get my hands on and uh, stuff before we got to the point where we said, yep, okay, we can have a go at this. And um, we were in the meantime working on getting some fit out and uh, ordering our uh, our still. Uh, that's still in the uh, on the screen behind you there. Uh, Todd was was built at the same time as ours, same place, yes, same so. time. So you have and, a Mark um, Burns still. We do. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Okay, so I'm 40 minutes from where Mark is. Yeah, yeah, right. And yeah. Um, so there were a few of us that sort of had our stills made at the same time. There was Crafty um, uh, and and uh, Bree and Lee Atwood, um, uh, Paul Shand with this beautiful drop here, a um, couple others. And, and we, um, by the time we got everything together and, and started production it was 2018 and can i say so. too i'll because uh, it's um it was a real leap of faith um you know we're not rock stars or movie stars or anything like that it was literally it's we've been and i continue to um at the time we were holding down full-time jobs at the same time kids and doing this as well mm -hmm. um and for i guess it was Probably more of a leap of faith for me than for you. <laughs> um, but it was very much the, the approach was what's the worst thing that's going to happen? If it if it works, brilliant. And if it doesn't, then we, yeah. we go to whatever we go to. And at least we've given something a go that Mark, um, more specifically, was really passionate about having a go with. So that's... And I thought we'd have plenty of good spirits to drown yeah, our sorrows. Said, if, if it, it doesn't work, work, we'll have a lot of spirits. <laughs> Had you uh, had any previous but, distilling experience? No, no, it didn't. Um, uh, and I'm largely self-taught in that. And uh, wonderful. I think it was um, that was a big sort of question mark uh, initially, right, right in the very early stages. Is is can we do this? Am I am I able to get my head around this, or am I dreaming here? And <laughs> And really just, just reading everything I can get my hands on. I, I spent a couple of days with um, uh, Brian and Janice Hollingworth. And, uh, um, but, but other than that, it was all sort of uh, self-taught. And, and, um, and, and you just read yeah. voraciously because there's nothing in one book. So we've, we've just got, like, if there should ever be a library on distilling, ours would be part of it because um, we've got so many books on so many spirits and how to distill them that Mark has read and has this amazing talent for actually retaining what he's read and then being able to <laughs> put that theory into practice wow. and um and I think I and I'm just going to give a plug here to the Australian Women's Distilling Association that I also was the first recipient of their scholarship and oh, went down wow. to uh down to Tassie and did a week course um there and that was really, um, that was fantastic mm. for me. And so, and from that point on, it was real, we say trial and error. 
No, I mean, there was certainly trial there and error. Was trial yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But um, no, look, I, I think all of that amounted to us being able to chart the course that we wanted to chart w without a lot of, um, you know, we, we, we had an idea of where we wanted to go with the distillery. We didn't know what we didn't know. And that sort of worked in our favor in a way. Uh, and looking back on it, we we um, our brand Winding Road very much uh, is about Camille's and my journey together. You know, we're obviously from different parts of the uh, of the globe, and and we've come together. We've never traveled that straight, easy path where you can see your destination off in the distance. We, we've very much enjoyed the journey, and never knowing what's around the next turn, never know if we're going to be able to successfully Somebody navigate the next notice. bend or. You know, and um, you certainly did it a different way to most as far as setting up an Aussie rum distillery because you, um, I mean, there's 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 one sort of dinosaur in your area we know of that does it as well who, that, that specialises in the sugarcane juice rum rather than a yeah. molasses rum. So, but mm -hmm. uh, apart from Husk, um, you guys must have been one of the first in Australia to be doing that. I think husk might precede you i'm not sure if i'm wrong right or wrong on that but you know you mm -hmm. there's, there's there's not a lot of um uh people doing the um the agricole style um in australia as composed to the, the molasses style so you you certainly mm -hmm. came in um with like you said you didn't know what you were doing you decided to go against the entire grain of the australian industry and go sugarcane juice rather than molasses so uh, what was what was the reason for that and, and i love your decision i've recently become a massive fan of the cane juice based rums rather than the, yeah. uh, the, the the molasses ones to me they're so sort of floral and and light mm -hmm. and hurt for me so um but, well but they you, are and, and yeah it was um i think our, our decision was really uh we were aware that husk was doing it and they so we were the uh the second ones to to have a go at a at a the uh, cane juice rum like that and and for for us it really uh was appealing because, uh, well, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's seasonal. Uh, so our, our cane crush season uh, starts here on Monday uh, and it'll run through to the sort of middle of December, maybe Christmas thereabouts. And it allows us to make rum for that period, sort of through winter and into uh, uh, spring and maybe the very beginning of summer. And then we shift gears into making whiskey the rest of the year. So it, it gave us that sort of nice delineation uh, in the year there. And the other reason, probably more importantly for us, was we were really uh, attracted to the fact that it allowed us to capture the, the terroir of the local region, the, uh, the influence of the local climate and soil and, and the wow. cane grown in the Arctic area. So, yeah, we are literally, Brad, you've been to where we are, you know where we are. Um, we're literally surrounded by sugarcane. And, and when we first started... I know it might sound a bit um, strange, but we we were driving home from the beach with kids through sugarcane, and that's when Mark actually said, "What do you think about starting a rum distillery?" And um, yeah. and that's where where it sort of all all started from there. And why wouldn't you? Why you know? I think it's probably more so now than back then. Why wouldn't you be using something that is growing all around you? Why wouldn't you be doing 100%. that? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, it makes it makes sense. You know, it's better for everyone to be using something right there rather than, you know, this is not going to go anyone, but it's right here in front of us. And as Mark said, 
um, we loved as well that it is, it is reflecting the region um, that we're in. So making it the way you do, is that, would I be correct in calling it um, an agricole? Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Rum, as in molasses is the byproduct of the sugar yeah. cane, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. So, um, so rum, one part of the year, whiskey, the other part of the year. Is there any, and gin and coffee liqueur from what I've looked at, um, uh -huh. is there any favouritism as who does what? I know that Brian and Janice, Janice likes to do the rum and Brian likes to make the whiskey. Um, I know that she told me that she kicked Brian's ass into making the rum at the moment. Um, so is there yeah. any divide as in who's got, who does what? Um, I guess for us, what has been challenging is because up until very, very recently, it has been just us. Um, okay. Whilst um, we've got kids as well, and I've worked full time at the same time, and I continue to work full time. So I took a bit of time off last year um, to the early this year to work with Mark in the distillery, and that was fantastic for me because what I I could see how much he was doing. And I guess for any small distillery, um, you've got to you've got to be the the plumber, the electrician, you've got to be doing so many things. And to see that he's doing all of those things, calling in professionals when required and when it's advisable, but you know, he's doing all of those things all the time. And so um, Mark is the distiller, and I have or I have been doing all of that stuff behind the scenes to keep it all going. And I know, um, I think that's what I learned a lot too, is that the distilling is one part of having a small family-based distillery. And there is this huge other part of, yeah, keep kind of keeping it going. So we work well as a team doing that. Amazing. I was going to say, just uh, finish your sentence, Camille, the, the huge other part of, like yourself getting out to pretty much every markets in the Northern Rivers, you sort of downplay that. I mean, the workload of, I mean, you're all over the shop, or you were, you, you, you stepped back a little bit, did you say, just recently? I was, I've just recently, thank you, Brad, I've just recently stepped back to go back to full-time work because we've um, we've actually got someone else on board, another woman who is amazing, Liz, um, part of the ethos of the AWA, uh, AWA, the A scholarship was to try and bring women into the industry. So we've got Liz with us and she's doing a lot of that now. She actually has a bit of a background in the industry. So I've taken a step back to get um, to do some more of my work, but I'm doing winding road um, mornings, nights and on weekends. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Because cool. you, you, you saved our ass. Right. The last time I saw you was down in... Uh... Yeah, Amber, I think, yeah, in, in, in the Easter holidays, so I took the family down yeah. there. And can you believe I went down on holidays? I didn't take a bottle, I forgot everything, I forgot a bottle of booze, didn't take a single oh, bottle of booze. So I held off because I knew you guys did that market, so I waited till it was the Thursday market. Is, is that right? Mm -hmm. now, now, winding Road, surely going to be there. And that's, yeah, and I tried your rum. I got, as you know, I bought this very bottle of rum I'm still drinking now, and but a bottle of that. Mm -hmm. Coffee liqueur yours, which is absolutely sensational. Um, that Alex it's mentioned, beautiful. Just, oh, beautiful, yeah, nice. That, mm. that was gone way before oh, the end of the holiday. The only reason we didn't come back and try and get another bottle is because we found a cocktail bar 
that had just opened outside the caravan park we were staying in. So, <laughs> All of a sudden, it seemed too far away to come back. <laughs> Most things passed too far away once we discovered the cocktail <laughs> But Mark is certainly, um, I know you love the term master distiller. You're uh, the superstar distiller. Um, and we going to talk about master of disaster yeah yeah um, <laughs> oh what's the biggest disaster you've had in learning <laughs> oh look i haven't had any really big disasters um i've, I've had a few ferments get away from me yeah that cane juice one that time that oh yeah i've had a few of those i mean everyone has. First time. Just, yeah just just a few ferments that have been a little more aggressive than i would have liked and They've made a nice mess on the uh, uh, distillery floor there, but um, <laughs> touch wood. I haven't had any really, you know, dramatic moments or anything like that yet. That was it. And that was funny. Like we came out the next morning and the floor was just covered um, in juice, wasn't and it? And yeah. it's sticky from, from the rum disasters I've heard. Yeah. And I like to say this this cane juice is not like what, you know, if you go to a farmer's market and you see someone there with a little crusher and they've got the beautiful cane and they crush it and they, <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. have it with a bit of lime in there or a bit of ginger in there and it looks all gorgeous <laughs> and everything. Um, this juice looks more like mud. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's straight off the, you know, it's harvested. The cane goes into the crusher with a bit of dirt and muck on it and everything like that gets crushed and, um, yeah, it's all in there the yeah so it's um it's it makes a beautiful rum though as as, as you know brad it's it's mm. gorgeous we we love it and we've we've just uh um you know gotten deeper and deeper into it and i guess circling back alex a little question you had um which do we prefer um if there's a favorite in there I, I love all of our products, but I really do enjoy the rum. It's it's a, um, yeah. and I would probably say that would be my favorite because a couple of reasons. One again is is going to that that whole really uh, beautifully local component to it. Mm. Um, the other reason is that a lot of us rum distillers here in Australia that that are on this wave of of um, you know creating some gorgeous craft rums, whether they be uh, you know fresh cane juice or or molasses based rum, we're, we're quite aware that we are, uh, I, I think, writing the next chapter and what what rum is here. It's it's really mm -hmm. taking it into the next level and, and it's very exciting to be a part of that. Mm. And talk about coming into a country that is probably ruined when it comes to rum because of mm -hmm. our teenage drinking years and access to certain rums that um, may not have done us well in our teenage drinking years. So I think breaking that mold has probably um, been a bit of an uphill battle for the Australian rum distillers. Education. Yeah. It's, it's very true <laughs> and, and we're continuing that, but I think we're all up to the, the <laughs> challenge on that. Everyone's very keen to to do that and, and educate uh, the uh, Australian rum drinker out there or um, prospective rum uh, enthusiast as to what a uh, beautiful craft uh, rum can be and what it is about this length mark haven't we uh, uh, with it face to face like the, 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 there is massive rum renaissance happening in this country i mean oh. 
rum now is where whiskey was when I got into whiskey back in, you know, professionally back in 2005 sort of thing. So it's, there is now, um, yeah, good old Captain Morgan. That's actually, no, that was the high-end stuff. I know, I know, I know. And Kraken, just everyone for, thought Kraken was the you, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, you'd hear, but... Um, just for you, David and Carol, that was the high-end shit. I remember asking for that by name years ago. I'm embarrassed to say, but <laughs> <laughs> didn't we all? Didn't we all? Can, can yeah, I just, before we forget, before I forget, Mark, can I can I go back to what you were saying before? Otherwise, it will slip my mind. But you were talking about the the, the cane juice itself as being a really agricultural sort of product. It, when you get it, it's dirty. It's it's full of muck and all that sort of stuff. You guys use wild yeast. You don't use a proprietary yeast at all. And and that I guess that's wow. one of the reasons why. Am I correct? I, I'm not wrong there. No, I? no. We actually sorry to disappoint you, Alex, a bit there. It's like. We actually do pitch our own yeast into it. Um, the right. reason being, well, I was going to ask that, with, that question: what the yeast was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've got that wrong. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've <laughs> so, offended them so much they've yeah, just. Let's <laughs> wait. They're just there in a moment, and they'll come back. Thank you, Walt. Sorry, our camera just. Um, we are here. The camera just decided to not work. Oh, they're there. <laughs> if you're still there, we can, we can we can talk to the the roving dot. The yeah, specially okay. selected so, strain of yeast. We um, will figure out the that, camera as you, we're doing this. Talking, okay. yeah. um, so uh, the... Oh. oh, no, we lost them completely. That's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, um, I think no. I'm pretty sure I met them in Dubbo okay, uh, at the Winter Whiskey Festival. Yeah, no good. Then back now. Nope. Oh, nope. Gone again. <laughs> this year, Alex, or last year was that Winter Whiskey Festival? This year. This year. Oh, this right, year. Okay. As in like two weeks ago. Just two weeks ago, yeah. Right. So, so we, yeah. we can yeah, run with you guys without a camera. That's fine. Um, yeah, we'll just... we're here. We'll figure out the camera as we go. But but anyhow, um, uh, so, so the yeast, yeah, we do pitch um, our own yeast. And the reason being is that with the wild yeast, uh, you, you sort of don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you True. may get something brilliant, you may not. It may be pretty ordinary. And we were just, while we are very keen on on capturing that influence of the the local cane and the the and showcasing that, we want to make sure that we have a product that is um, that is you know consistent within that. So that's that's the whole uh, I think reason why we we pitch our yeast. We want to be able to consistently manage our ferments and our uh, product as it goes. And Tony, is there a crossover with the yeast that you use across your whiskey and your rum? Mm. There is not. No, we we use a different yeast for our okay. whiskeys. Um, uh, the rum we use one that's that's uh, specifically uh, uh, um, developed for a, a, a cane juice based uh, rum. Um, mm -hmm. The yeast we uh, we tend more towards a, a Belgian ale yeast in our for our whiskey. I and, that, uh, yep. Yeah, 
Now, the one uh, the one caveat on that is that we do do a uh, a fairly long, slow ferment, so we allow uh, a fairly lengthy rest period afterwards, and and are happy for any sort of little secondary fermentation or wild yeast or maybe even a bit of lactobacillus that might get in there and and leave its thumbprint on it. And uh, we do an open top ferment on both of ours, so both are run. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I have a specific question for you. And I think I know the answer after talking to you already. Um, but I noticed okay. you have a single, an Australian single malt made with a certain amount of um, malted barley. But you spell your whiskey with an E, not without an E. We do. We do. And can I ask what the story just, behind that was? Because when I was reading it, I was like, that is have epic. Have you heard this guy's life. accent? <laughs> that's what I thought. So when I when we first came on, I was like, that's why. I, but um I yeah, just do you get any questions about that very often in Australia? Hmm. We do. Oh, we do. You yeah, every now and then, and then I open my mouth and people go, Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it took so, me two seconds and I was like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's just a gentle little nod to uh, to my heritage, I suppose, yeah, and our kids, our, kids and our family. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's I love awesome. that. Um, and so you've done two batches of whiskey now, is that correct? Well, we've released uh, two batches, and we've we've got a third that's coming at some point. We're not quite sure. It might be. I would have hoped that it would be ready by now, but it's looking like it might be another uh, couple of months before we have our next whiskey release. Um, mm -hmm. We hope that within a couple of years, we're going to be a bit more consistent on our whiskey releases, uh, kind of as our rums. We, we've had, uh, you know, we're reasonably consistent on our rum re releases right now. So hopefully our whiskey will be there and in a couple of years time but uh, just the challenge of the uh you know the small craft distiller really hmm. what what are you aging what size um casks are you aging both your rums and your whiskies in just just for the punters um, yeah that's a good question brad we we um we the smallest barrels we use are uh, we have a handful of 100 liter barrels and those are the smallest but almost everything we use is uh, 200 on up to, uh, we have a handful that are, uh, I think, um, uh, well, we have quite a few bariques and, um, uh, 325, I think it's our biggest 330, somewhere right in there. We have a few. And, uh, those are beasts when they're full, you know, you just try and uh, get them on the racks and leave them and not move them around at all. Um. Question. So you wouldn't have a lot of room for a lot of those big bricks, so would you, judging from um, the size of your premises down there? Unless you've expanded somewhat since I was um, down there, you were just about, oh, they're gone. Oh. Every time I open my mouth and ask them a question. Oh, no, you, you scare them off. No, they're back. They're back. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can see them just trying to solve the camera issue. Right, right, right. Sorry, Brad. Good... I'll no, go again. Uh, what was I asking? I was just going to say, yeah, because the, 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 you're talking about the size you cast, the big bariques and stuff that you, you've got a couple of. You wouldn't have many of those unless you've um, you've expanded the premises somewhat. Because I, I remember last time down there, you were doing it pretty tough for for um, 
uh, space, but but uh, looking to uh, yeah. expand all that out. So, so um, uh, for for everyone out there, our distillery currently we we've got plenty of space outside. We've got a seven acre property uh, that we're on, um, but our distilling shed is a uh, hundred square meters uh, uh, inside. Then we've got another uh, sort of. Uh, 80 square meters under cover. So we're we're a little constrained for space. And and I the the caveat is that I don't think there's a, a distiller out there that isn't um doesn't want more space. I think we all do. We find we find ways to uh, fill up whatever room we have. But um <laughs> we are yeah we're we're very close to getting approval uh to build our um uh next sort of the next phase of what we're doing we're, we're building a uh, a new shed that will be uh 240 square meters and quite a bit taller and uh will give us a room to open a tasting room finally and uh, basically put all uh, all of our equipment to use and and get more of those uh th 300 and some odd liter barrels in there yeah. When you say equipment, and, what what are we running? I know you've got a burn distiller, and is it is it twelve hundred and fifty liter still? It is twelve hundred and fifty liters, and we have uh, so that was originally uh, electrically heated, but we've taken out the elements and we've had it converted to steam now. So we run a a, a boiler, mm -hmm. and then we have a four hundred liter gin still. Um, we, we know some folks manage to produce gin and rum or whiskey on the same still, but uh, we've long since come to terms with the fact that I'm just not that good a cleaner. And uh, so I'm happy to- That gin, uh, to that gin tank. Gin I'm so separate. happy that that's been recorded, that now you've actually said it. Well, you're not. No, we just never wanted to really risk our rum or whiskey taking, tasting like gin and vice versa, even though we employ, you know, the right cleaning methods, we just didn't ever want to run that risk. So, yeah, we've got the one that um, that Mark um, designed and that built, and then we've got a separate gin still. Yeah, yeah. and then we have um, yeah, wonderful. Uh, three 4,500-litre uh, fermentation tanks. And, wow. uh, then our... Um, brewing equipment um and yeah it's it's funny how the uh, how everything adds up you know you can do you can produce gin and you've got your equipment for that if you start producing rum you've got to have more equipment and you're producing whiskey well you need more equipment for that and if you're insane enough to do all three of them then you end up with all kinds of stuff which we that's where we're at yeah yeah, yeah. So, are you buying yeah. any spirit in to make your gin or are you doing that yourself? Uh, no, with our gin, we do. We, we bring in uh, neutral spirit from uh, Manildra. We, it's just yeah. one too many things to do if we, if we did yeah. that. And then obviously we don't yeah. have, um, we run pot still. So we have, we don't have the capability of producing a really high quality neutral spirit. Do you um, have a preference of NCS versus NGS for your gin? Um, well, we do use NGS. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't I say we have I you might go a... to the cane spirit just because you love of rum. Mm. Oh, we do, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say we have a, a preference one way or the other. I think we love the uh, softness of the, uh, the, the wheat-based um, neutral. It's, it's very nice and, and we're happy with it. And yeah, so that was, um, yeah, yeah. Ha haven't ever really looked at using a cane neutral. I think as much as we love the rum, look at it as a very different product really at that, at that stage. Mm -hmm. I've met some distillers that do prefer the NCS versus mm -hmm. the NGS from mm -hmm. Manildra. Um, mm. And yes, so, oh, that's a really good question. Damn it, that was, that's a good one. Hi, David and Carolyn. Um, we would consider it. Look, I guess we've never, we've not really thought about <laughs> no, it, have we? we we've we've been, it. yeah, yeah, we would certainly consider it. Um, would you consider Hi. buying a bottle if we do it? That's a good lead into one of, one of the questions that I had, actually, Alex, thanks. But it was specifically, is, have you got anything uh, special or interesting or weird or wonderful in barrels aging at the moment that, that, that might be coming up in the future or uh, we should keep our eyes on playing around or experimenting, well, we, I guess. Can't say, can we? We, we have a couple of um, of experimental little things going on right now that uh, that are probably better left unmentioned because they may or may not work out, but we'll see. But suffice to say, in the, in the near future, if they do work out, we'll, we'll be able to to announce them. Um, Brad, we always have things on the go here. We've got tinctures. I, I mean, just even in our kitchen is I got, jars I got, with I things on there. There's all sorts of things going all the time. But he's not talking yeah. about mm. uh, those sort of tinctures. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, every time I see you guys, you're busy as bloody busy as ants. So it wouldn't surprise me what you've got going on down there. You're, mm. just, you're doing this, that, or the other, and I go, yeah, that's yeah, that's <laughs> uh, we we are, but I think a lot of a lot of distillers are, are like that. You know, we get into this. Um, I, I I see some ads sometimes saying, you know, trade your uh, nine to five job for a job as a distiller, right? I think yeah, yeah trade right. trade the nine to five job for a five to nine job. It's um, <laughs> it's full on. It's a lot of work if you're going to do it uh, do it right. And and everyone, I think we all find that out. It's you know it's a massive massive effort. But but I enjoy it. I mean, there's not a day that that goes by that I don't love uh, going out uh, there and, and producing the best spirits that I possibly can. Jonathan, yeah. I think we totally agree with you. With what the yep. statement yep. on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're not doing a rum finish whiskey, there's 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 gonna be problems from me because a rum car a rum cask finish is one of my favorites. So well you know what? Um, I do I do hope that happens, or if it hasn't already happened, I didn't read that it's happened. Now that we've been decanting some rum barrels and yeah. uh we've had a few, I have I'm have uh, only recently filled uh, a couple of them with whiskey. Oh, so, that's exciting. Yeah. And that's um, that's kind of the fun of doing rum and whiskey is I can swap back and forth a bit. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's a bit exciting now that we have that. You know, we just decant a, a barrel one day and put the other spirit in it the <laughs> next day. 
It's funny. It's funny to say. I was talking to a uh, gentleman in England the other day who's doing indie bottling of rums, but he's uh, finishing all his rums uh, in whiskey barrels. That's that's his. It's going to be his hook. I can't even remember the name of the guy's um, label now. Quite frankly, no. sorry about that. But yeah, interesting. Interesting. It always uh, mm. it's interesting what people do with uh, you know the, the different spirits. You don't like this, but yeah. I'll age it in this sort of thing. You know? So it's interesting. Yeah. Is. One one thing we've done with our um, with our barrel program is particularly with our rum is we use a lot of new American oak, and that's sort of um, that's not common at all. There aren't a lot of rum distillers that do, and it's it's it was an entirely uh, well we 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 thought about it quite a bit, but the reasons we wanted to do it initially turned out to not be the right reasons. But we actually love it, and we we love the end result. And uh, it, it's given us these beautiful barrels that that still have so much life in them, and not unlike a bourbon barrel, but but a lot of beautiful character in them uh, in the form of that rum influence. And um, yeah, so we're very, very excited about putting whiskey back into them and, and seeing how that develops. And I have to say, I've, I've put some whiskey in a couple of new oak barrels as well. And, and they're absolutely gorgeous. They're really coming on nicely. So I guess as a distillery, you're just getting to that, that age where you're starting to turn over some casks now aren't you with your product that you can use one of your product one of your rum barrels say to to aid some of your, your whiskies in you you know and they've had a couple of runs mm -hmm. of rum through them to get them nice and uh nice and, i guess rummy would be the would be the, would be yeah. the rummy technical word rummy playing around with caru distillery we did uh we're doing something for the for first next first quarter next year with one of their outcast rums in a gromania cask now i don't know mm. if you've ever smelled a fresh gromania cask but i don't even like gromania that much but man a fresh gromania cask is one of the most divine wooden things you can ever smell. I think it's just unbelievable. So, yeah. but um, but yeah, no, but but and, and, wow. I, sorry, sorry, Tom. No, that would smell amazing. I can just imagine it. Mm. Incredible, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so having some of your They'd probably get that real orange style rum huh? casks, then come over to to kick that stuff uh, through in the uh, to to the whiskey would be yeah, quite amazing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have now, a question. That'll be a really interesting release when it comes up. I have a question that may out some whiskey and rum nerds out there. But um, is there a difference? I know the difference between gin nerds and whiskey nerds because I've done both gin shows and whiskey shows. Um, but I haven't done a rum show. So is there a big difference in the rum um, nerds or rum wankers, like whiskey wankers, gin wankers? Like, is there any difference in the different clientele to whiskey gin and rum absolutely yes. there is yes ah. and this is no no comment on gin and whiskey um no out enthusiasts the, get it out. but the rum one <laughs> the rum uh a number of us have, have said rum is the fun spirit and uh, i, I call tequila my fun juice yeah. but okay rum yeah rum. I got one yeah, one no, one word to answer that question, Alex, is cocktails. 
Like in rum, yeah. cocktails are fine. You can take a $300 bottle of rum, make some beautiful cocktails out of it, and you've got a room full of people smiling. Take a $300 bottle of whiskey and add anything to it and have a look at the frowns all around the room when you do it. That's, yeah. I think that's the defining difference, like cocktails. That's, yeah. Rum people are cool with cocktails because, fuck, everyone's yeah, cool. Everyone loves a good cocky, don't they? The Sunday, the Sunday, they're going down. Everyone loves it. So, but that's I, I, say, I, is that because you've got hey, to mix it with something to make it taste good? Sorry, say again. I said, is that because you've got to mix it with something to make it taste good? Not our rum. I don't think so, but yeah, right. I think I think I think cocktails make a lot of sense when it's thirty degrees or thirty-five degrees, don't they? A nice daiquiri rather than a Isla whiskey kind of makes a lot more sense, I guess. I just I just put Isla whiskey with pink lemonade, and it becomes brilliant. Isla whiskey with pink lemonade. You never admitted that in public. That's what that is. You put the Freud ten with creaming soda. It, it's called a Lady Dallenberg because I've drank it so much and I love it. But seriously, the <laughs> frog tan and creaming soda—that's wow. a party room. <laughs> our, our recent discovery was this long, long race. Who, full disclosure, is cool. now, uh-huh. now one of our sponsors. Thank you, Long Race. All right. Okay. Um, this, this, this dark soda and, and whiskey is just fantastic. It's such cool. a nice drink. Mm. Um, we're trying to right, so, get people away from Coke onto dark soda. It's I got I got put onto some high some some I'm not gonna mention a different brand considering the sponsor, but I put onto some high-end cola when I was at, down at Lord Byron last time and got absolutely spifflicated being demonstrated how good this high-end cola and their rum together just happened to be. And I can I can I can tell you from the hangover the next day, yeah, it was great. My question was going to be, do they do a cola, a nice different, like a, a sugar? I don't, I don't even know what that uh, other one was that made it so special. So this is nice. just this dark soda. It goes fantastic with, with um, rum from That's experience. Okay. It's fantastic mm-hmm. with whiskey mm-hmm. from experience. And um, we've even tried it with some gins, and it's, <laughs> I think it works with gin even. It's a little bit different. Oh, but. Wow. Yeah. Well, be sure to get our hands on a few of those bottles and have a try. That sounds good. Yeah, no, please have a look for it. It's 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 um they're fairly new, I think, but they they're definitely taking mm-hmm. <laughs> taking the industry by a storm, making some really good good mixes. Because mm. certainly, Alex, I think it's a fun crowd, the wrong crowd. Um, yeah, okay. They're just the events are fun. I th- and I think Look, I don't know. There's also that tiki element. Like, there's it's it's quite a diverse group. Um, the oh, folks awesome. that drink rum, you know, from a pure single rum and sipping to a mojito or a, you know, really sophisticated daiquiri to the tiki crowd, and it's just quite a range of things that you can do with rum and the folks that enjoy it. And um, it's it's always a fun rum gathering. We've got a couple. Might do a little plug. We've got a few coming up. Oh, you've just done a couple. Well, I've done a couple recently. Okay. So okay. Very uh, honored to be asked uh, to be on a panel for, as I mentioned earlier, for the Lobo uh, in Sydney for their 10th anniversary. So beautiful rum bar and uh, gorgeous and well hospitality done to them. cocktails there. Yeah. Well done yeah. to them for 10 and, years um, of, of serving Sydney. That's absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And then. The um, 
Yeah, so we had a, uh, um, a rum buddies night at, at Bricks Distillers. There was us and Bricks and uh, Jimmy Rum there, and we're we're all good mates. We have a lot of fun together, and and we had a really fun night. And um, I mean, next well week, done. yeah, next week we've got an event at Killick in Belgrave in Victoria, a beautiful rum event and degustation. And then we've also got it's World Rum Day next Saturday, and we've got another event um, at the Fitzroy Beer Garden. Mm -hmm. I'm actually a bit jealous. And of Jimmy Rum and, yeah. yeah. So there'll be a handful yeah, Alex, of us at yeah. that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so quite a few rum events lately. And and look, I, I, I have to say that we have probably um, not been the most active, uh, that's an understatement, in the whiskey scene. And that's something I think we want to do um, in all fairness uh, in the next year is, is probably both raise our profile within the whiskey community, but also, you know, participate in it and, um, and uh, you know, be a, be a part of it. I think, yeah, you know, absolutely. take part in a few events and, and stuff within the whiskey community. Um, we've just probably not had that much whiskey available. And then when it's been available, you know, the first couple of releases um, tend to go fall. fairly quickly. Yeah. They yeah. And um we're, we're very, very proud of our whiskey. It's a unique drop and uh, uh, we would love to, uh, to share it. And, and so, so yeah, look for us more at some whiskey events in the next year. Yeah, I know you've been keen, Brad, and certainly uh, <laughs> keeping you in mind on that. Yeah, we just got to get some more releases. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know how it is. No, but no, it's, it's um, look, you, you guys do some fantastic stuff down there, and, and you're a great story, and you're a great small, I just love the proliferation of the small distillery, the small family distillery in this country, mm -hmm. which is fantastic, and you guys, you know, you're part of that, as uh, the Todd up in the, the, the top of the corner, I guess, People like uh, Alex and I are left to um, to, to spruik and sell the fantastic products, which isn't a bad job either. Which it wouldn't it's been a fair chunk of my life spruiking and selling. I must. Have I know you do. I know you do. You're the, you're the best spokesman a distillery can have, Todd. He's definitely. Has <laughs> he put you on the payroll yet? Has he given you a pay rise? <laughs> hey, see, I've had two pay slips. Yeah. Two pay slips. Yeah, that's it. And uh, and three three weeks after the pay slips, I finally got paid. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm officially on the pay slip on the payroll from Yay. time to time. Well, I thought he would have said, "Oh, W pay with double zero zero. So, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, awesome! Raising my glass to you, Todd. You can't see it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you can see mine, and mine's got a winding road for, for you, Mark. There you go. Oh, Cheers. look at you. It's Brad. I mean, you could also be flipping us off, Mark. No, I'm not. Wouldn't know. They could be. I'm not. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so, here's a little from um, Facebook, which is quite an interesting okay. one for someone starting out. Um, which way would you lean? lean nope. Oh, there's one for you, Mark and Camille. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good question. It is. Um, would you suggest? I, I guess I would. Like, I'm going to give. Well, this is me and Camille. You may have a different opinion, but I've. Uh, uh, I would say, 
follow your heart really uh matthew you know it's that's kind of not a very useful answer in some respects but but go with what you really believe in and and the product that you really believe in and uh, that's going to inform your ability to sell it if you if, you know um focus on that and know that you believe in that spirit and that you just can't wait to share it with others and enjoy what you're going to be doing yeah. each day um, uh -huh. you know do what you're passionate about and um yeah as mark said it's going to help you sell it and it's going to help you enjoy coming to work each day yeah mm. um so matthew if um, i may if i may answer that um you i think you answered it straight up there in saying for new owners of a rum distillery uh, if that's what you want to be and that's how you're going to be from the start, that's what you need to be focusing on. I understand there is a little bit of time lapse there, but for a rum distillery to release a gin in a like branding exercise, I would highly recommend releasing the rum first as a rum distillery mm -hmm. if that's what you want to be known as. Um, I know other distilleries that I've worked with um have just called them distilleries and then release a gin for that product and then they'll go down the whiskey and other spirits road um but if you are 100 percent a rum distillery release the rum first yeah and that that's a very good point alex on that um you know follow what you are getting into business for in that sense and um it's it's a, a challenge um really getting out there and and producing a spirit and, and selling it, it can be quite nerve wracking. You know, you're, you're putting yourself out there and, uh, and stuff, but, um, you know, I guess just make sure to back yourself in, in the process of doing that and, and have a go. It's, it's, it's a little bit hard for new rum distillers. Um, and, and I feel for them compared to in Australia, compared to those from pretty much anywhere in the rest of the world in that like as soon as it comes out of your stills if it's made from a sugarcane product in the rest of the world mm -hmm. it's rum baby but in australia we've got the two-year thing so the we, we don't even have really a product uh, category where the where the unaged spirit can mm -hmm. sit in sort of comfortably and and look unaged mm -hmm. unaged rum especially unaged agriculture spirit Gold rum is a huge. You know, if you go to Martinique and ask for aged agricole, they look at you like you're crazy because that's not how they drink it. They drink it straight out of the bloody stills in a bottle with a bit of sugar and some hunks of um, lime skin, a tea punch. That's so. Um, you're absolutely right, Brad. Yeah, and so and we, I think within the rum community, a lot of us are are keenly aware of that. Most of us have tied ourselves in knots trying to position our unaged product um, and do so in a way that uh, is respectful of the current law of the land uh, and uh, you know of other distillers out there that are that are playing by the rules as well. Uh, there are certainly a few, as there have been within the whiskey sector, that have um, either sort of tried to skirt around it or uh you know have outright just ignored it um unfortunately but there there always will be a few um i think we we're we're quite keen to um have that discussion though within the community within the distilling community about how we can uh, uh better showcase an unaged um rum because after all that's what it is as you say any other country it's really um uh, a rum and the majority that's consumed worldwide is unaged um, and uh, I think 
I think that's what that's the thing that really separates it from whiskey in this particular argument argument is that uh, you know whiskey is is accepted globally as a matured spirit generally, whereas rum uh, is is can be both. Mm. Um, I think the, the knowledge, the knowledge is starting to get a lot better um, around cane spirits here in Australia. Um, and I think that's likes of places like Lobo um, and other bars that are actually educating and through rum shows and, um, and that massive source of people wanting the information. I think that we are getting a little bit more traction in Australia with cane spirit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah, and we yeah, are... Uh, they decided we, to have that two-year um, notation. Why, why we adopted sorry, it. Todd? It makes you wonder why we adopted the two-year oh, yeah, yeah. time frame over here or whether they just followed the whiskey crowd. I think... Yeah, I think the two-year... I've heard so many stories, yeah, as to why. Uh, I think it's almost been lost to time as to the real reasons for it. But, uh, but yeah, rum, whiskey, and brandy. Um, and I, I guess... You know, I would say that that we're we are so proud of our unaged um, release, our um, Agricole Blanc. It's it's a beautiful cane spirit, and um, we've worked very hard over the last um, uh, well, going on five years now to to make it a, a beautiful, clean expression and and one that just absolutely shines in cocktails. Uh, you know, anything from a mojito to a daiquiri, a pina colada, tea punch. A, Caprina and and we love it. But if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me asked me what a uh, cane spirit was, I wouldn't have to sell a bottle. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So it is a it is a challenge. Yeah, absolutely, and it's something hopefully we can overcome one way or the other. But I, I think I think Australia as a whole is just waking up to what good rum and and good and and by I guess by extension of that good distilling is all about now the rum sort of field opens itself up to have your distilling itself um, under the microscope if you're opening and putting like a blanc spirit up like yourselves because that's you know that's straight out of your stills there's no one else that's going to cop the blame if it's no good but the distiller itself so i think but on the other hand i think um it's also a good way to judge just how good a distillery or a distiller is by by getting into the unaged stuff as well. But I think um, where was I going with this story? With uh, but I think Australia is just starting to to open its eyes to the fact that unaged spirit can be absolutely fantastic. You know, you've got people like Killick who are killing it overseas with their silver, uh, what they call their silver, which is great, an unaged molasses based um, spirit. You know, um, doing great things overseas where that's an accepted style. Of rum, but over yeah. here, I think we're, we're at this early stage where people are sort of, and because rum's such a huge wine category with so many styles in the category, um, that it's that people are just going, Oh, that's a rum, oh wow, that's a rum, well, I'll try that. Other, whereas before, maybe to being like, I'm, I'm not into drinking moonshine, I don't want an age spirit, but I think because they're mm. opening their eyes that it's part of a category that they're used to, it makes it easier to drink it and go, Wow, that is a fantastic. Drink and especially when you start throwing it in the cocktails you were mentioning before, Mark, as a as a base to those cocktails, mm. they really give it some smash, give it some big flavors. Mm. So. 
Oh, yeah. We agree with what you were saying, Brad, because oftentimes, you know, because we have a, a range of spirits um, that we that we craft here that um, people will say, so what's your favourite spirit? What's the favourite one that you make? And more often, I think we generally always say it's the Agricole Blanc. It's the unaged cane spirit because there's nothing to hide behind. It is local sugarcane, rainwater, the fermentation, mm -hmm. and it is a pure expression of, as you said, it's what, what the distiller is is doing and, and that's it and it, it's beautiful. Yeah. I apologize for the visual, but it, it's me as a distiller basically standing out there naked for the world, you know, <laughs> this is me, this is it, this is my skill. That's why you lack the thereof, you know? are actually standing out there naked. I hear you. It's, it's one of the most scary things. Well, I might be. That's why the camera's off, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I've done naked rain dances trying to get it to rain so I can get some rain on the barley crops before. So is it the same with uh, – you've got plenty of rain up there for the rum crops, right? So there's no, no naked do, rain dancing? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a thing up this way for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think in relation to that question with the, the virgin cane spirit or the white cane spirit, or you call it agri Blanc Agricole, is that right? We do, yeah. Agricole Although we're, we're, we're yeah. probably going to be renaming it soon, rebranding it. But anyhow, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is yeah. at the moment. Um, I think uh, an Australian's just run, won double gold, I think, at the San Francisco, an Australian virgin cane spirit has just won double gold. So I think that's Which going to be that? huge. I think Burdekin won it. Oh, Burdekin, okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but I think that's going to do big things for the Australian, let's say, unaged rum um, world as well. I think when that sort of comes out and gets more widely known, um, that I think that virgin cane would be something that people are going to get to know more and releasing that versus a gin when you're a rum distillery it's just it's that's something that's mm -hmm. so special i think well it's, it's an interesting spirit. sorry go mark mm -hmm. okay i was going to say it's an interesting spirit as far as startup distilleries because as a as, as a retailer i guess i've seen um a few young distilleries start mm -hmm. up and you've got people like jimmy rum who go down i guess the the, the indie bottling route so bringing some stuff in from overseas, bottling it themselves mm -hmm. under their own brand to get some brand awareness before they bring their own rum out. I mean, he did that so well. Then you've got people like um, Camilla Mark at Winding Road who, you know, who put out their, their Agricole Blanc sort of spirit. Mm -hmm. There's so many sort of different ways that that you can do that. Um, as a, as a yeah. young, young distiller, I, I, I think it's just going to get better for young rum distillers. I think people who just do whiskey are probably – up the shit in a way because there's there's no I don't see that there's any real market for unaged whiskey spirit. No. Is there? I mean, there's been a few people. No, like, no, no, it, it, it does it does work in cocktails, but it's a bit of a hard sell. Yeah, some of us yeah. were making like um, bloody marys with it for a while in venues. Um, yeah. It was fucking great too. Well, I can imagine what so, a bloody mary would be, but by the time you drink yeah. a bloody mary, pretty much everything tastes fucking great, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah. One thing we've been dabbling with is is aging our new mate a little bit. 
so it's still new make, but it's it's age new make, so it's still got a bit of colour and it's starting to to develop. I, I think you know, you small producers, that's where you're well placed to sell that sort of a product where you're at markets. You're you're at markets mm -hmm. so often. If you can put it in their mouth and have a bottle ready for them yeah. to buy straight away, that's that, that's I think where you start the appreciation for the unaged. That's right. So it's it's going to be a bloody hard sell putting it on a shelf somewhere. And, oh, that's right, because then yeah, you've got you make. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, and look, we, we have that same problem with a cane spirit because you put it on a uh, on a shelf at a bottle shop somewhere and there's no one there to explain to the person what a cane spirit is. And, and that's that's uh, one of one of the harder uh, aspects of it for us, really. It's all comes down to education, doesn't it? And getting that getting yeah. the word out Absolutely. there. Yeah. So, so I, we can from my experience, do a... I find bartenders are the day-to-day the -day mm -hmm. education for consumers. I know that we have the whiskey shows and the rum shows and the gin shows where a lot of people will get so much knowledge and even these podcasts and live streams where people are gaining that knowledge. But on a day-to-day yeah. -day basis, from what I have learned and seen in the industry over the last 15 years, um, is a lot, it's a lot of the education of bartenders verbally over that bar. Um, about mm. what they're putting in their drinks or uh, they're the ones that are going to get so excited about a product and put it out um, or educate. Mm. If they know about something and love something, they're going to talk about it. Yeah. 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 Very true. Very true. Mm. So we, we notice when we're able to educate the uh, consumers and, and introduce them to it properly that we end up with, uh, you know, obviously much more engaged uh um on the product but oftentimes they go look i had no idea how good this is and, and they grab a bottle and yeah yeah happy days mm. awesome well guys we've actually got to just over an hour so um <laughs> with, with the technical glitches and things it's been it's been really good tonight so <laughs> Any questions Mark. from the floor that we might have missed? Anyone mm -hmm. got a question from the, um, the uh, we, We've actually hammered them pretty well. Um, there's only one that, but I'm pretty certain that we answered this earlier on in the night. Yeah, we were talking uh, about Asian that. Yeah. Yes, we sure did, yeah. We had a whole yeah, conversation a about that, and I didn't even plug the Penderin that we just ran in the single malt whiskey club that was aged in rum cars. Yeah, but I had to the second time. It was just too much. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, David and Carol. <laughs> to putting some gin in one of the casks one of these days. We'll see. That might be fun. Uh, I actually might buy a bottle of that gin. <laughs> well, thank you, Alex. That's two bottles accounted for. There you go. Get a small rum Awesome. Yeah. Thank you all for, for your time tonight. Um, any final no, questions? Thank you. No, thank so you, everyone. Thanks for the opportunity. No, it's great. This hour's um, absolutely flown by. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having <laughs> us on. Now, guys, website buying products. Where do they? Where does everyone jump in and get your stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, great question. Yeah, thank you. That's a good way to end. Uh, website. Uh, 
we ship all over Australia. Um, we yeah. are at, so there's the website, everyone, if you're looking well at the done, screen. Um, <laughs> and we um, are at local markets in the Northern Rivers. We are at Melbourne, Sydney, uh, Gold Coast, and... Um, we're, we're looking to uh, broaden our reach, but, you yeah. know, we have a, a lot of the same challenges other small distillers do is a um, uh, beautiful product that we really believe in and a gorgeous uh, story and everything, but limited resources to get it out there. So we're, we're expanding all the time. We would yeah. love for you to pick up a bottle and have a try. Um, I think the yeah. nice thing about yeah. being a small distillery, and I often share this with people when I'm at a market or at an event, is that if you've got any questions, give us a call. You know, it's it's Mark and I. So, and if you want to know where you can buy it, just give us a call um, because we are the, we're the owners. It's a family-owned distillery, and um, we'll point you in the right direction if you're in the Gold Coast or in Melbourne or Sydney, and we'll let you know who's got it. And if they aren't close to you, then we'll ship it down to you. I always found when I was running bars that um, when I'd find these amazing little distilleries, these craft distilleries that getting hold of the people there and going, hey, guys, I want to put you on my back bar was always a super cool way and the best way was to just get in touch with them, send them an email yeah. and call them. Yeah. Um, and I would instantly have them on my back bar and they'd just be so excited. Um, and it was such a great way that uh, the teams would learn about new Australian distilleries uh, but then also be pushing it out to other people. So um, if anyone on the on the stream or uh, um, listening on the podcast is from bars um, make sure you get in touch and get these awesome little distilleries on your back bars educate your staff on them um, and help them out because that's the best way to do it is to get the education out there so these guys can sell more absolutely thanks Alex because that's certainly how we got into a few Melbourne bars isn't it just from bartenders chatting with each other yep that's it and uh, getting us in yeah I can I can tell you, Camilla Mark, that that there's I don't think anyone in Byron Bay itself stocking either yours or Brian's rums that I could find mm -hmm. around, which was a great travesty I thought last time I was down there because I went out on the crawl. The only thing I could buy was the <laughs> local beer. There was a local beer I can't even remember what it was now, but that was and I just thought, really, you got so many great whiskey and rum producers within like kicking distance of of, of all the pubs and mm -hmm. no one. I know. Is, is that, well, sorry, just, I, I know I should have asked that before, but you, you sound a bit resigned and I, I hear the sigh. Like, is that a problem? Are you running with resistance to, to the places down there? No, no. No? Um, so you did hear the sigh, but I was going to say it means that uh, we've got nowhere to go but up with that. And next <laughs> time you come to town, it'll be better, I'm sure. Oh look, I, I yeah, yeah, I hope so. Because guy out trying to get drunk on local produce, it was a tough, it was a tough ask. It was. Yeah. I was doing my very bloody best that night. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh my god, that is my yeah. life goal from here on in: going out and getting drunk on local produce. Wouldn't you love to? I think yeah. that almost that almost explains my transition from Sydney to country New South Wales. Is I have been going out and getting drunk on local produce lately. That's perfect, <laughs> right? That's that's awesome. it. That's my oh, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> lucky I get a lot of the local produce sent to me, so it's yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for having me, guys. No, so I appreciate it's been a being pleasure. A, thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Brad, and thank you very thanks, much, Todd. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks. I just yeah. do the out roll and, um, yeah. and everything. <laughs>